Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. As we kick off this new sermon series called Market Values, we want to talk to you about discovering your value system. Godly values have to be determined. They can't be just left to default. So if we want godly values, we must seek God. Matthew 6:33 says, "Seek the kingdom of God above all else and re- live righteously, and he will give you everything you need." Now, maybe you've never defined exactly what your values are. We can make the mistake when we're trying to discover our values of believing that we value something because we admire it. Now, we all know that and admire that person that works so hard to stay in shape. But it's another thing altogether to pay the price yourself by eating right, going to the gym, making those healthy choices. So just because we admire that person and their values, that doesn't make them our values. To value something is to be willing to pay the price. Mother's Day, Robin and I want to talk to you about family values. Over the last decade or so, word art has become very popular. And maybe you've seen a sign that says something like, in this family, we love, we laugh, we forgive, etc. Maybe you've got something like that hanging in your home. That can be a great reminder of the things you value, as long as it's not just words. You see, we can't claim these things as our values if we don't uphold them with our actions. Let's suppose this morning that we were baking a cake. Now, we wouldn't just go to the pantry and grab random ingredients and start mixing them up. No, we would start by thinking about the end result first. We would start by thinking, what kind of cake do we want? What flavor do we love? What texture do we want? How many layers do we want? And do we want frosting or sprinkles? And then we would intentionally use those specific ingredients to make that specific cake. In the same way, we have to be intentional about the things that we value. And this is true with family. Family values also have to be determined and not just left to default. We wouldn't bake that default cake, just throw in those random ingredients. So if we did, we would end up with a cake that we don't want. So today, as we talk about family values, let's start by thinking about the end result first. What end result do you want? And then let's ask ourselves, what values do I need in my life to get that result. Number one, valuing family means asking God for a vision for your family. Like my mom said, we bake a cake already picturing in our mind what that cake is going to look like. And then the steps that we follow are in pursuit of that particular cake. 
Similarly, we need to ask God, what kind of family does he want us to be? He has a unique call for your family. Now, maybe you're going to be the family um, that opens your homes to your small group. Maybe you're going to be the family that puts a special gift in the mailbox for your mail carrier. Maybe you're going to be the parents who volunteer to, to coach the sports teams. Or maybe you're going to be the older couple who invites younger singles into your home for holidays or special events. What kind of family does God want you to be? What kind of vision does he have for your family? And on the flip side of that, what kind of family does he not want you to be? Maybe you grew up in generations of alcoholics and drug abusers. Maybe your family is known for decades of racism or gossip or harsh criticism. These are things you get to leave behind when you choose to walk in the vision that God has for your family. Amen, amen. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says, without revelation, without vision, people run wild. But one who follows divine instruction will be happy. Do you want your family to run wild? No plan, no intentionality, or do you want to parent on purpose? Let's look at Habakkuk chapter two, verse two. It says, write down this vision. Look at your neighbor and say, write down this vision. I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of not doing this. Write down this vision. Clearly inscribe it on tablets so one may easily read it. Do you know what that means? Include your family in your vision. Couples, seek God together for the vision that he has for your family. And if you have children, include them in that. Kids have some of the most beautiful, creative ideas on how their families can be a blessing to others. Include your family in this vision and then write it down. Maybe it's going to look like word art, like how my mom described, or a family manifesto, or just something that you say to each other regularly, but keep it in your day-to-day. It's important to note also that while God does have a unique call for your family um, that's going to utilize your specific gifts and your unique season of life, it's not necessary to reinvent the wheel. So if you see another family that you know loves the Lord and that you trust and they're doing something that you want to see in your family, try it out. Try it out. See if it fits. Um, When I was a nanny many years ago, I, I nannied for a family here in our church And they had a toddler at the time. And whenever he was obviously making a decision about whether or not to misbehave, they would say to him, okay, let's think about it. Let's make a wise choice. I love this, love this. So he would make his decision. They would talk about the consequences of his actions, positive or negative. I loved this. And now, so many years later, I have a toddler of my own. And whenever he is making a decision on whether or not to misbehave, we'll tell him, Ezekiel, let's think about it. Let's make a wise choice. Now, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But that's not the point. The point is that we are implementing a vision for our family to uh, to raise our son to make wise choices. Number two, valuing family requires discipline. Is there a word more associated with parenting than discipline? Probably not. To discipline simply means to guide your children to make those wise choices. And the truth is, you can't discipline if you yourself are not disciplined. 
Proverbs 19:18 says, "Discipline your children, for in that there is hope." Proverbs 29:15 says, "A child left undisciplined disgraces its mother." We should think of discipline as consistent training designed to guide our children into maturity. Now, if you've got children growing up in your home, how often do you think about the end result of your parenting? What sort of child do you what sort of person do you hope that your child will become? Just like we wouldn't be happy with that cake where we've just thrown in random ingredients, we can't parent by default either. The opposite of parenting by default is intentionally training our children. Are you hoping that your child will become a God-honoring adult? Well, let me ask you, are they being trained at home to honor God? Are you hoping that your child will become a young adult who is respectful to others? Then ask yourself, are they being trained at home to know what it is to respect themselves and how to show respect to others? Are you hoping that your child will become a young adult who is kind and responsible? Are they receiving that specific training at home? Discipline equals consistent training. It's one of the more difficult parts of parenting because Training a child usually is not just a one-time lesson. And the consistency needed for this training requires discipline on the part of the parent. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Training a child in God's ways doesn't happen by default. It's not going to happen by chance. If we're going to train our children in God's ways, we first got to know God's ways ourselves. The best training is by show and tell. That is letting our lives be an example of God's principles and discussing those principles with our children. Number 3, valuing family requires endurance. At no point will you be able to check family off of your list. Family is a marathon. Over time, the structure of your family unit may change, but family is a permanent concept that you're going to have for the rest of your life. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. It says, "Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us." Now, the author here is talking about our walk with Christ, but that includes raising our family. So, how do we build this endurance? Well, first of all, we must train well. We must train well. No athlete, no matter how accomplished, can stop training if they want to stay in the game. Do you want to stay in the game? Parents, come on, do you want to stay in the game? Yes, we need to train well in order to stay in the game. So what does that mean? That means stay in the word. That means stay in the word, stay in the presence of God. That means listen to good podcasts. That means read good books. That means join a parenting small group. We have some incredible ones here. It means hang out with other godly parents. 
Train well so we can stay in the game. And then in addition to training well, we must pace ourselves in order to stay healthy. There's a popular self-care expression that says, you can't pour from an empty cup. But in Psalm 23, David writes, my cup overflows. Why are we empty? We're empty because we are not taking care of ourselves. We're not pacing ourselves in order to stay healthy. When David wrote those words, he was not rushing. He was not hustling, trying to live his best life. No, he was lying in the green grass by the still waters, trusting that God was with him and that God was taking care of him. Y'all, our our culture is so chaotic. Our schedules are so jam-packed. But you know what we need? We need to abide in the presence of God. We need to abide in the presence of God. What does that look like? Well, of course, that looks like spending time with him, spending time in scripture, spending time in your devotions. God blesses that with his presence. But you know what else God blesses with his presence? Here you go. He blesses his, with his presence a nap, Psalm 4.8, nourishment for your body, 1 Kings 19.5-7, sacred alone time, Matthew 14.23, all the mamas said amen, time with your spouse, Ecclesiastes 4.9-12, and time with other believers, um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. These are things that on the surface, they may not seem super spiritual, But y'all, they are important. They are God-ordained gifts uh, for us in order to stay healthy. They're in order for us to stay healthy. Moms, we do this by example. We hope that our kids will grow up and say, my cup overflows. But we lead by example. How can they say that if their mom is not saying, my cup overflows? We need to spend time in the presence of God. Pace yourself. This race requires endurance. Number four, valuing family means pausing to celebrate success as it happens. And when a baby's learning to walk, parents go wild for those first steps. And we encourage that baby to keep walking. For older children, they often get rewards for good grades and good report cards. And these are great examples of the positive reinforcements that encourages us to continue in those disciplines that we're working on. We need to celebrate the big milestones, yes, but don't forget to celebrate the little things. I heard of an idea that I like. Instead of just asking your family, how was your day? I like the idea of maybe on the ride home, maybe at the dinner table, or maybe while getting ready for bed that night. Um, I like the idea of asking, what went well for you today? And then pause and celebrate with hugs and high fives. We need to celebrate those little things. It's been said it's the small things that are done consistently that bring about results. These are the things that show what we truly value. I remember a movie called Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, Very Bad, No Good Day. Now, in this movie, not only Alexander, but several members of his family had just one of the worst days you could imagine. Just one disaster after another. But through the whole ugly mess, this family loved each other, they supported each other, they forgave each other, 
and they let go of those things that they couldn't control. I feel like I need to say that part again. I said they let go of those things that they couldn't control. You know, sometimes things are going to happen that are just out of our control. But at the end of the day, if your family has loved each other and supported each other, if they've forgiven each other and encouraged each other, then you've got something to celebrate. Let me caution you. Don't wait for perfection to celebrate. Don't wait for perfection to celebrate. The idea of perfection is such a thief. It will rob you and your family of so much joy. We need to celebrate every action that lines up with our family values. When you claim to value something and you do not give it the time and intentionality that it requires, you will find yourself going the opposite direction. Unless you follow through with your plan to bake a cake, those ingredients will not only go unused, but eventually they'll expire and they'll go to waste. If you're not intentional with your diet and exercise plan, then your muscle mass will deteriorate along with your health. If you are not careful um, to spend time invested into your family, the closeness that you desire will drift apart. And if you're not careful to choose to serve God daily, you'll find that sin looks more and more enticing. When we continue to live in sin, the end result is that we are eternally separated from God. But when we choose to live for Jesus, then we get to walk with him through this life, knowing the peace and the joy of the Lord, and then we get to spend eternity with him. Are you prepared for that? Are you serving him? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes all over this house? What do you value? Matthew 13, 45 says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Maybe you're here today and you're questioning the things that you give your time and attention to. Maybe you're here today listening to us talk about the things that we value and you're wondering, what is it that I value? But can I tell you something? The God of heaven valued you so much that he sent his only son to live here on this earth as a man, to die on the cross for our sins and to be raised to life again so that we could have a relationship with God. He values you that much. John chapter three, verse 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. He values you so much. He longs for a relationship with you. I know you can feel him pulling on your heart right now. Would you respond to him today? Right now, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that. If that's you, you say, Robin, I am not currently serving the Lord. I don't live for Jesus, but I want to. I want to live my life for him. I want to have assurance of spending eternity with him. I want to give him everything and value what he values. If that's you, don't wait. Make that decision today. You can raise your hand at this time. I wanna pray for you. If that's you, raise your hand right now. I wanna pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Raise your hand. Don't wait. Don't wait. Do it today. 
He is waiting for you. He's pulling on your heart right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer and every person in this room is gonna say this prayer alongside you in support of you. Can you repeat this prayer after me? Say, dear God, you are far more valuable than anything in this world. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want to be more like you. Please help me to do that. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for my sins and to be raised to life again. Today, I acknowledge him as Lord of my life. Help me to live for you and value what you value. And if you're saying this prayer for the very first time, put your hand up in the air one more time. Say this loud. Say, thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name.